moving that quickly. That's true. That's what's interesting. Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm your peer of technology master of ceremonies because you know what? What's what? Technology's scary. Robots are gonna kill you. Don't trust self-driving cars. I was more referring to people with guns in their hands and can sneeze nanobots. I still don't trust guys. I still don't trust self-driving cars. You, I mean... Tesla's free... I wouldn't trust a Tesla. Okay, but I think there's a difference between a car that can just, you know... Something can go wrong with technology and then your car just stops. Mm -hmm. But can you fucking imagine shaking hands with a person... And there's a gun in their arm? That would that would fuck with me. That would really fuck with me. I think it'd be cool. I'd want to be friends with them. Really? Yeah. Why? Do you see how they rolled up to the fucking Well, yeah, club like they're just, all oh, set, but like I'm literally I would be terrified. He was literally loading his guns. God putting bullets into his bicep and then like cocking his arm. You really oh, went so there, didn't awesome. you? Yeah, well that's what happened. That is, is that not? I mean it is what happened. And we, and we did joke about it while we watched it. Also, it's kind of what I hoped... I mean, we're, we'll talk about how this movie's similar to Venom, but it's kind of what I hoped happened with Venom, where instead of just fighting non-symbiote per, per people, um, Eddie, Eddie pretty much just fought symbiotes. Mm -hmm. Like, how Grey is weaving his way through a, a cabal of... Fucking enhanced cyborgs. Yeah, enhanced to get beings. To, yeah, so I mean that would be kind of awesome to get to the, to you know to get to the ultimate you know because the whole I'm sure we'll get into it but the whole thesis of, of Fisk and his bros is that technology is it, or enhancement is this higher race yeah. than humans and then what the step what's the step above them it's STEM it's a completely non-human thing. Um, achieving symbiosis with a human. Yes. So it's instead absolutely. of instead of a human being upgraded, it's a it's a it's a super being almost coming down to the level of humans to take that form. Because yeah, while humans are not nearly as cool as robots are, they can do things that robots can't, mm -hmm. and they are robots are smart enough to know that. So they say, well, what's the... It's it's the opposite of fucking the um, cyberization of Lin Kuei and Mortal Kombat. We've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat <laughs> Mortal Kombat has kind of taken over we our lives. We've played a lot of Mortal Kombat, but it's the opposite of that. You we're know, looking we're gonna, forward to that new Mortal Kombat Oh my movie. god, we're going to cover this Only shit Only a couple weeks away. We're 17 days away on the dot. Um, but I'm glad you have the countdown going. Yeah, but I bring it up for a reason where, you know, it's something similar where the Lin Kuei believe that how they can eliminate... they. Excuse me. By eliminating human weakness, they can completely transcend their ability to kill shit. Yes. Um, but that extra edge of being human gives them an edge mm -hmm. in in this case. And I don't want to. Before we get into, I don't really want to give away the ending specifically. Yes. Because um, I I think but, it does help to go in there blind, considering that's how I went into it, and I really yeah. liked well, it. Well, so without so with that upside, we're not going to give away the ending. So please go see. It. There's a, it's a lot of great twists, but yes, for those well, that have seen it, think about it. Where if all that humans want to do is be more and more powerful by using technology, all technology will want to do is become more human mm -hmm. because that's how it beats us yeah it's the opposite of terminator it's 
by becoming human, that's how they can fucking kill all of us. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really important that since you brought up that there's a bunch of twists in this, that we bring up who wrote and directed this movie. Okay, so I was actually going to try to get into it already because I'm like, we're... As banter, we actually started to talk about the movie. But no, okay, so Upgrade came out in 2018 and I I actually didn't look look it up, but I feel like... I know it came out around the same time that Hereditary did in 2018 because I went to go see Hereditary... Um, the first, the first time I saw it, I wasn't as big a fan of it as the next times I went to go see it. So when a bunch of people were like, Hey, let's go see a movie. We're going to go see Hereditary. I'm like, would you mind if we went to go see Upgrade? Cause I know that just came out and it's also a horror movie. And I saw that and was, and was blown away. Mm-hmm. Like it, it blew my mind. So it's set in the near future. It's around the year 2040 or so. Technology controls nearly all aspects of life. But when the world of Grey, a self-labeled technophobe, is turned upside down, his only hope for revenge is an experimental computer chip implants named STEM. Are you looking up when it came out? I I am, because that's what I do. Okay, but, you know, obviously, so before we get in, this is a future movie. It's set in the future, but not but not the, that distant of a future. It's well, it's not too distant, and unlike, I mean, Alien, it's centuries in the future. Mm-hmm. This is in the next few decades, and the way that technology has influenced this culture is not unlike how technology influences current culture. Yes, I think that's and now, like you said, true. there's a lot of this shit is beginning to take root. Because, uh, so, okay, there's self-driving cars, there's a Alexa-type communication you can have with can house appliances, cars, you. yeah. Like how, yeah, like how current Alexas can start to adjust your thermostat, Yeah, which also wigs me out. I think I'm also becoming a technophobe. No, I don't like I don't. I, 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 do I don't trust, trust them. I, I don't trust it. I only trust technology as far as it can give me weapon upgrades. <laughs> Um, and, but I think it's also an interesting take of, uh, so obviously someone sat down and went, okay, this is 30 years from now. What needs to happen between now and then for this to be the way the future is? Mm -hmm. So how, I mean, look at their approach to law enforcement. You know, it's mostly drones. Yeah. There's almost no cops out on the street. Um, the only people, the only real humans they have are detectives. Well, and they had those SWAT officers it, come well, at the scene because there was yes. gunfire. So, but the drone, like, there are no patrol officers now. No. There are only drones. Yeah. So you can think of, okay, is this a response to human error when it comes to suspect engagement? I mean, look at what the world is right now. So it's like a, a natural jump in logic would be, okay, well, why don't we just use drones mm-hmm. that are unarmed? All they will do is observe the crime and then, and then they can, can go, report it. Yeah. And then, of course, you have problems with that of like, okay, well, drones can't interfere. They just watch. Mm-hmm. People can interfere, but they can also kill you if you're not actually dangerous. So, But drones can't Yikes. do that. Drones don't make mistakes like that. So there's this, again, this whole movie balances, okay, there's a lot of things that humans can do, but there's a lot of things humans can't do. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of things machines can do, but there are some things machines can't do. Yes. So it's, ni- it's neither pro-human nor pro-technology. Which is an interesting thing because it's not about isn't technology scary? It's not like a you know a sci-fi horror movie where it's like trying. It's a cautionary tale. It's still a very human story. And you brought it up when we watched it because I, I was I always compare this movie a lot to Venom. It has a very 
similar it's like yeah it, it's more like it, this is like a sci-fi baby of the crow and venom and we're gonna cover the crow in a couple of weeks but it's very much it's a man who loses everything, everything. and instead of the spirit of vengeance or an alien symbiote it's a man-made technological ai mm-hmm. that is his tool for vengeance. Yeah. But you brought up, you're like, yeah, I know this is kind of like Venom, but this is way sadder. Well, yeah, this... So, to compare it to Venom, Venom doesn't have... He kind of loses a lot of his life, but he's not literally to the point of being a quadriplegic. No, no, no. Like he is in this movie. I'm always... And he doesn't... (laughs) And Eddie in Venom doesn't actually lose his wife in front of him. Plus, Eddie's Eddie just gets here. broken up with. Gray is way cooler than Eddie. That's Gray also is true. like a badass. Like, Gray is like legitimately a, like a cool guy mm-hmm. that like I wouldn't want to fuck with. Yeah. Eddie, yeah, I mean, like I would fuck, I mean, Eddie, like, you know, he'd probably write a, you know, he, he could probably like smear my company and be like, hey, you're an asshole and I'd like slash his tires and he'd be like, ah, you're a prick. Like, yeah. that'd be it. That's the <laughs> limit of your confrontation with Eddie Brock. Until he until he gets until the Venom gets the symbiote. symbiote, but I I more compare it to the to Venom in the sense that uh, well first of all Logan Marshall Green looks they almost look exactly so like Tom similar. Hardy. I mean I know there's people like you know Elizabeth that argue with me, but um, he looks just like Tom Hardy, um, and that being said, there's also his interactions with Stem are very similar to Eddie talking, Eddie to, talking Venom to Venom because it's it's just him talking to himself because no one can hear Venom or Stem. Yeah. So it's just them being like, "You're gonna get yourself killed. You're an idiot." And he's like, "What are you talking about? I know what I'm doing." And they're like, "Well, and I I'll take that, over from here." I also love that Stem at one point when um, Grace just like, "Don't talk oh, to me. He Stop talking." To shut up. And then and he, he asks it a question, speak. and it just doesn't answer. And he goes, and "You may speak now." And he's like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> he, I love how like sarcastic Stem is at the well, beginning. I, what's cool is that machines don't have sarcasm; mm-hmm. they're very literal. Yeah, and humans interpret that as sarcasm. So when it's him not speaking, it's is he's like, well, you told me not to say anything, and that's how I issue commands. Is there's no it's it's ones and zeros. There's not a middle ground. Yeah, it's you tell me to do something, and I will do it, and I'm not gonna stop doing it until you tell me to do so otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's the illusion of. Well, even when he's fighting that guy, the first time he's fighting someone, he's like, "You're going to lose." Yeah. He's like he's not. He doesn't mean it in a roast way. He's just like. You're going to get your ass kicked if I don't interfere. Yeah. It's not like Venom being like, Eddie, you just, you're sad. You <laughs> suck, man. Like, he's like, I'm leveling with you as like a bro here. Mm-hmm. You suck. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make your life eternally cooler. Just let me do it. So that's why I think it's a lot like Venom. It's a lot yeah. like the crow in that it's a sad man getting this tool that he doesn't fully understand but he's just motivated so much by vengeance that he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the crow goes in a different direction with it as opposed to upgrade. But especially also because, you know, Gray's not dead. He's just paralyzed. Yeah. You know, Eric Draven is dead. So when people see him, it's not like, oh, you know, you're in a wheelchair and, like, it's just secretly he can walk. There's like, Eric, you're alive. You yeah. were dead. <laughs> So, okay, you mentioned the creator of this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about him? And I will footnote what he's done. Oh, please. Yeah, please. Okay. Because, um, so this movie was uh, written and directed by Lee Whannell, 
who I think we best know from the first first Saw movie and Dead Silence. I think every single person, uh, amateur fan or not of horror, knows Lou Winnell somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not like an actor, but he shows up in a lot of movies, even ones that he's not involved with. Um, he's a writer, director, producer. Uh, he's also a Melbourne native. Is he really? Because this entire movie was shot in Melbourne. That makes a lot Which of sense. Which is cool because then it's like, as Americans, we know what pretty much every city in America looks like. Mm-hmm. So for it to be the future and completely new, they need to have a setting that is completely foreign to us. So what better yeah. than, than than casting a city in Australia? Mm-hmm. Like the like all of the um, like lower class suburbs that Newcastle or New yeah. Crown, wherever he goes, that's in Melbourne. The, okay. The big chase scene at the end that was like on the big like famous Melbourne like freeway. And they how they so cool. and the way they shot it was like they had to do fast editing because there's signs that say like real places in Melbourne. <laughs> so I think that's cool, especially because I don't think a lot of movies get shot in Australia, yeah. and it's a very, it's not a, you know, it's it's not like shooting a, a movie in Europe where you can tell it's Europe somewhere, mm-hmm. but the taste of a sh- movie being shot in Europe, like look at the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, you know, you have you could say like okay compare that to the movie The Winter Soldier where you shoot it in D.C., it's like, okay, that's an American city. We can tell what that looks like. Even though it's not D.C., it's actually Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're in, oh, fuck, I don't remember, like Prague or something. Like, even like Civil War. Like, they're just yeah. in European cities. The way buildings are is different. The way that streets are is different. So it, it helps lend itself to a different vibe. Mm-hmm. And I want to start looking for more movies that were made in Australia just to see if this is a, a you know, this is a, a modern, a, a cur- like a, a common practice. Yeah. Uh, but I know this was made in Melbourne. Uh, but that being said, Lee Winnell has, um, when he was in film school, he made the original short film that became Saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went on to um, write Saws 1 through 3. He starred in Saw. He's Adam. He's the guy with uh, Carrie Elwes. My in the name first movie. is very fucking confused. Lee Winnell's not the best actor, but he really but gives it his him. all. I, he really gives it his all. Um, he also wrote directed Dead Silence, which is one of my favorite. Like, un, it's not very good, but I love Dead it's Silence. A, it's a blast if you're if you're in the right mindset. Like they for gave. It. Um, Darren Lynn Bowsman the reins to direct Saw 2 and 3 so that they could just go make Dead Silence. Yeah. He's like, okay, here's the next three movies. I'm going to go make this puppet movie. <laughs> he also created Insidious. That's um, right. He only wrote the first one. The rest mm-hmm. of them, it's more like, you know, it's the same character, so they, he, yeah. they credit him as a writer. But he made the first movie. Uh, it's definitely the best one. He also yeah. um, created the movie Cooties, which is a movie with... It's a... So... I don't think, judging by the look on your face, you've never heard of this movie. I have never heard of Cooties. It is starring Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson. I don't remember the um, female lead. I think it's, it might be Bria Grant. It's a woman that I know. I think she's, I think she's also a horror alum. Anne Lee Winnell. It is about a zombie outbreak in an elementary school. Lee Winnell plays the, you know, kind of kooky science teacher. Rain Wilson is the gym teacher, and Elijah Wood is the substitute English teacher. What? So, it also stars Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock. Yeah! And he, Allison Pill, yeah, who Allison, I know from uh, sorry, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, because she's, 
like her and Elijah Wood's character used to like date in high school, and then she married Ray Wilson. And like Jack McGruber Ooh. is like a totally super super straight like music teacher or something. So just before this move, this this episode devolves into talking about cooties. It's a fantastic horror comedy. It's on Prime. We gotta yeah. watch oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it. It's amazing. It's so so good. Um, so he made that also, and he's in that. Mm-hmm. He also um, wrote and directed the um, most recent Invisible Man uh, remake yes. with Elizabeth Moss. I loved that movie. Um, he also is directing i believe that like you know how universal has been trying to make that dark universe spinoff thing yeah and they've greenlit a lot of projects but they've they've killed the dark universe thing but those projects are still in development Mm -hmm. like i think james wan is still like contract to do like a creature from the black lagoon movie or something with johnny depp or that he's doing the invisible man or some weird shit um but uh, lee winnell is is attached to some wolfman project Interesting. With um, guess who the Wolfman is? It's Ryan Gosling. Really? That's a bad choice, but it'll be a modern Wolfman movie, and I love new age like werewolf movies. That's gonna be interesting. He's also making a Book of Saw spinoff. I don't know what it is, but it says Ooh. it's just like an it's like an untitled Book of Saw spinoff. So we're gonna get more Book of Saw spinoffs, hopefully. I be fantastic. Good with that. Also, I like that. apparently. He's credited as a writer for it, so I don't know how involved he is in it, but apparently there's an upgrade TV show, like, in the works. Because he's, like, you know, credited as, as the writer yeah. for it. So I don't know if that what's going to happen with that, but that's just another thing on his, like, upcoming, you know, yeah, thing. Really so fun. I don't even know, like, if it's got a date or if they're just still just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so casting for this movie, obviously, we talked about Logan Marshall Green, who's gray. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him from Prometheus. He was in that, like, semi-alien prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a movie called The Invitation, which is um, a, a horror movie that's, like, most prominently, like, on Netflix. It's, like, just one of those, like, mediocre-ish Netflix horror movies. Mm-hmm. He's also in, as I talked to you about, M. Night Shyamalan's Devil, that's which right. is about a haunted elevator. Um, he also was in Spider-Man Homecoming. He was uh, Herman Schultz. Was he really? He's one of the dudes that works with uh, Adrian Toomes, the vulture. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how there was a shocker, and then they, yeah. they kill that guy? He's the guy that gets killed. <laughs> and then they make... <laughs> yeah, because he he's gets busted for, like, going to talk to the Prowler, buying mm-hmm. shit. And then yeah, they kill him, and they make another guy the shocker. So, yeah, he's in Spider-Man Homecoming. He's also... Uh, how much do you know about Dog Sees God, the play? Oh, I know of it, but that's about it. He's Beethoven in that, which is Schroeder. So he's one of the main characters. Like, I don't, this wasn't like the original really? run, but he was one of the main characters in a production of jo- Dog Sees God. I love that. It's pretty crazy. If you don't know that about Dog really Sees cool. God, like, look it up. It's a fucked reimagining of the Peanuts. Yeah, it's and really like weird. high school, and yeah. they're all like and, really and, struggling. Yeah, and Charlie, and because Char- again, it's kind of like Puffs, where like they didn't have the rights to Charlie Brown. So yeah, they so they can't say things everyone. exactly. Yeah, so Beethoven is Schroeder, the kid that plays the piano, and mm-hmm. him and Charlie Brown are gay. But Schroeder also is like violently abused by his father. It's like it's a fucked show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he was. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention it because he's. I, was like, I think that's really cool, actually. Um, also, you got um, Harrison Gilbertson. He plays Aaron Keen, who's the the weird um, like tech dev, the guy yeah. that makes STEM. He looks very familiar to me because he looks a lot like the guy from uh, um, what's it called? That weird Chronicle and the Belko Experiment. He looks that's a lot like that guy, but like a like... lot less creepy looking. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in In the Tall Grass, if you saw that Netflix, uh, that Stephen King movie. I didn't see that one. 
I don't like it, but Elizabeth likes it, and I, okay. it's a horror movie, so I'm putting it on his resume. Yeah. The guy that plays Fisk, who's the head of the Upgraded, is Benedict Hardy. I know him most recently because he was in the Invisible Man movie. I think Lee right. Winnell gave him that part. He also, mm-hmm. I think, is an Australian actor too, so he's probably he's done a lot more like Australian stuff. Okay. He's also in Hacksaw Ridge, which uh, love Hacksaw. I Ridge. love that movie. And then to round out the cast is Detective Cortez, who's played by Betty Gabriel, who's a big Blumhouse alum. Mm-hmm. She's in Unfriended Dark Web, The Purge Election Year, and Get Out. Get Out. Uh, if you would know her if you saw her. Like, if you've seen any of those movies, you would absolutely know her if you saw her. Oh, absolutely. Um, and she's been in a lot of like, other stuff, from too. From Get Out alone, you'll recognize her from the trailers, yeah. even if you well, haven't yeah, seen the exactly. movie. I mean, like, she was in... Purge election year first, and I saw her in that first, and mm-hmm. then she showed up in Unfriended Dark Web. I'm like, what's she doing here? And then, oh, yeah, of course, Web. Get Out, you know, is the, is the big one. Yeah. So, as I kind of <laughs> mentioned, and they, they, they talk about it a little bit on the IMDb page, the film has drawn a lot of comparisons to another 2018 film, <laughs> Venom, <laughs> which came out, um, this came out in June. In June, June 1st. Venom came out in October, I think. September or October. Yeah, it was yeah. like the fall. So this came out first. It did. And I thought it was really funny, but Lee Winnell said that he didn't know about Venom when he wrote the movie, <laughs> which is my favorite thing whenever there's like these synchronicity type movies, mm-hmm. and they're all in development, and no one knows about the other movie, and they're just like, huh, fuck. <laughs> uh, and then everyone's like, oh, you're just ripping off Venom, or like vice versa. They're like, we didn't know about it. Yeah. Like at all. <laughs> And it's not even that he didn't know about the movie. He didn't know about the character. Yeah. Like, he, so, it's a completely no original thing. Um, and, of course, you know, the lead actors in both movies bear striking Look, resemblance to each similar. other. Um, so, getting into the movie itself, I, again, I don't want to talk a lot about the ending. Yeah. And I don't actually have a lot written down for this movie, just because it's a very complicated but simple movie mm-hmm. it's very good it's very stylized yeah, it's very stylized which I really but like. it's not like expensively stylized oh. it's very like cheap like almost like artistically stylized yeah. without having to do a bunch of fancy shit or cgi mm-hmm. I mean, the only cgi really that they used was like the couple of kills yeah and you only see them for like two seconds i, was like, I will say the kills in this movie oh my are God. brutal the kills are amazing and i love and them I, for a second i forgot this movie was rated r until he bisected that man's head yeah I'm like oh shit <laughs> Yeah, there are some really brutal moments in this movie, and some of them aren't even in the kills. Like, if you're a squeamish person, there are a few times in this movie you're gonna be... Are you talking about, like, the surgery? Yeah, like, there is the there is a surgery for when he's... And it reminded me of Saw 4 with, their, with the autopsy table. You know table. what's kind of weird to me is the amount of people that I know that don't like horror movies but have seen every goddamn episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah! And Grey's Anatomy is surprisingly graphic. Is it really? I I've never watched much of it. I mean, they they do surgery like every other episode, and they. I mean, it's not like they're not. Le- it's not Saw Four, mm-hmm. you know, autopsy type shit. But yeah. it's still relatively. I mean, they did their homework, so they know what yeah. you know this shit looks like. So it looks accurate, huh? And I'm just like you know, it's like when normal, I feel like when we do our big deep dive into Saw, and a lot of our audience who has seen a lot of Grey's Anatomy and then watches Saw, they're like, you know what, that's actually not as bad as I thought. Yeah. Because, tr- I mean, we'll save it for that thing, but Saw's not as gory as I feel like society has dubbed it. 
that I would agree with like that. Again, like, I think it's just the first movie that did it mm-hmm. in any way, and everyone went, like, it's kind of, bring it back, it's kind of like Mortal Kombat, the first, yeah. like, the first game that everyone was like, should we, like, ban all video games you played? Like, there's blood in it. Is that really, like, it? <laughs> like, it's not... Nearly. I'll never get over that in the first game, Nintendo, try, when they ported it, they tried to, like, be family-friendly by getting rid of the blood and making it sweat, and I, that just feels more gross it's, to me. It's very disgusting. It's, that's why they made friends. We're gonna stop talking about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Back to fucking Upgrade, okay? Um, but, okay, so, <laughs> what were you even talking about before I went off? The kills. Whole, okay, the kills. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to them after we start talking about, like, why they're so intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I do that, you were talking about the artistic look of the movie. Yes. And I think what stood out to me is that there's always a big... Have you seen Ex Machina? No, but I really Ex want Machina, to. Ex Machina, I think we probably... I mean, it's not really a horror movie, but like it kind of falls in like it's kind of a thriller. Mm-hmm. But that movie, I mean, there's a couple other examples, but the... There's a, a vibe that definitely, like, symbolizes being out of touch. Like, mm-hmm. all of these movies, this one included, have characters that are portraying, like, devs. Mm-hmm. Which has become a, a, a popular word in the modern parlance in the last decade. Because there's now this new type of billionaire. Where they're not billionaires because they're old money or they're billionaires because they've... They're really good at business or Wall Street. Mm-hmm. They're billionaires because they're super smart. Yeah. You've got people like Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not going to include Jeff Bezos. But, like, people like that who are, like, kind of weird and, like, out of touch with people. Mm-hmm. You know, almost on the spectrum in a way where they don't know how to, like, interact with people. Just because yeah. they're really good at technology. Um, I think, like, Black Mirror. Like, they, Black Mirror does yeah. that shit a lot. Where they talk about like the dehumanization of technology, mm-hmm. and there's a whole show called Devs, which is just about how these people are like probably the most dangerous type of billionaire on the planet yeah. because they don't equate human life with anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh god, I'd rather people just see me as a price tag than yeah. nothing at all. <laughs> so, but so Aaron Keen, who's the creator of STEM and is the is the man that gives Gray a second chance after he's paralyzed. Is is one of those people. Mm-hmm. They the look of his. So first of all, the location of his house is like on. I mean, I don't know where they. It, it was are on supposed like a to beach live. at the bottom of a mountain. Or, yeah, well, or it, it's like it's on. I mean, I would say if it is in that like California type area, it's like on the coast. Mm-hmm. You know, on like those Pacific drives, like that are like right against the ocean, and it's underground, and on the inside, there's a lot of like. It's almost like living in a cave. Yeah. But it's all this, like, cubist-type architecture and weird corporate art is everywhere. There's plants inside. Like, that's a very, like, big vibe that I equate with a lot of people that are, like, richer than God and, Mm -hmm. like, can create AI on a whim. Like, have you ever seen Ex Machina? That is what Oscar Isaac's character's house is. Okay. It's just this huge, like, forest fortress but on the inside, it's just this, ex- I mean, Ni- not Nikola Tesla. The guy that's, in- Elon Musk, his yeah. house is probably just like this. Oh, yeah. You know, it's this very, like, it's out of a, it's like a completely out of touch type of home. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that's a cool, more realistic futurism thing. It's like when people think about the future now, it's very cyberpunk or it's like The Matrix or Blade mm-hmm. Runner. It's like that is more of a fantasy type future. This is more of a reality based science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. And I think because a lot of people that aren't fans of science fiction aren't fans because it loses them in that shit. Yeah. So, like, if you don't like science fiction, this movie isn't heavy-handed on that. Oh, And it not pays enough attention to people that are like, fuck science fiction, we don't want that shit. Well, yeah, I think, I think part of what's really important to that is that our main character spends the first section of the movie so adamantly against all of the technology around him. Like, he hates yeah. the self-driving cars around him. He prides himself on having, I think it was like a 70s Corvette. It was like a Firebird or something Yeah, like that. some nice car from... He was building that day. for Eric. He, yeah. Like, he did it for him. But, like, to speak to that, um, Gray, the main character, his life... So his wife is a high-up representative for a company called Cobalt, which is specializes in... Uh, prosthetics like and... robotic prosthetics yeah. for specifically for veterans mm-hmm. um, which will come into play later so she is this very intelligent with the times technologically savvy woman who has the self-driving car has the you know the robotics company job gray doesn't work. He's kind of the, like, she's the breadwinner, so he, he doesn't really have to work. So he just, as a hobby, restores cars. And he's the everyman. He's mm-hmm. like a blue-collar guy. He grew up in, like, a lower-income area and just is like, none of this is good. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't like any of this. And he's almost like a 70-year-old man now, like, with a phone just, like, Okay, I'm sure phones are very complicated to people that have never, ever, like, thought about it before. Mm -hmm. But the way that technology is moving is it's supposed to be extremely easy to learn. And Gray is the type that just flat out refuses to learn. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that difficult to go, like, you know, like, okay, well, how do I work this car? You just tell the car where you want to go. And he's just like, I don't need, like, he doesn't even want to learn. Like, he just does not care. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of people in that lower income area that are just like, they see it as something that takes their jobs from them. Mm-hmm. So they are very anti-technology. Well, yeah, technology. the first thing that he says when he finds out about STEM before he's yeah, you're right. paralyzed is, you see some kind of marvelous thing. Yeah. I see ten guys in a in a food line. He's, he's right, first of all. Technology is supposed to make lives easier, not take lives from people. Um, but who cares what I think about yeah. that? <laughs> so, and you back to the fucking robots. <laughs> so, as we mentioned, Gray loses the ability to move and is rendered quadriplegic after an accident and an attack that leaves his wife dead mm-hmm. and him paralyzed from the neck down. He's obviously miserable. Yeah, he's not having a good time. <laughs> I mean, even if he wasn't a quadriplegic, he's like, my wife's dead, I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I want out of this life. And Aaron comes to him and is like, well, we can give you this technology that can give you the ability to walk again. It can give you a second chance. And the and the line that Gray has after that that really stuck with me and made me realize how how like broken this man is is he's like you're giving me a second chance. I'm looking for the yeah, off switch. It's like I don't give a shit. And that oh it hurt to see this guy in such pain. Yeah. It's it's interesting because normally sci-fi movies don't 
cast a character that could exist now. Mm-hmm. Gray is a real character now. Yeah. Like, he exists somewhere out there. Like, you probably know a guy who's just like Gray. And to have him have all this shit around him, but he still has emotions and drives that are irrelevant of the, the, the technology around him. It's, I'm sad because my wife is dead. I don't give a shit about technology. It's not going to bring her back. Mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. Yeah. So it, it's the perfect Eddie Brock surrogate for STEM to come in and then just pilot this man to a new purpose. Mm-hmm. So STEM is, did you know it's Dutch for voice? Is it really? That's why they named it that. Because all you, it's, it's all just a voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a small little, like, microchip thing, but yeah. Gray only ever hears it. Huh. It's cool, right? That's really interesting. I mean, I'm sure it's, like, it's pronounced something different, but it's it's fun. So they have this, and obviously because technology and, and humans is probably, even in this world, a big moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. They can't just go upgrading people without, you know... Medical bullshit and tests and, and, and all businesses that jazz. and legal shit. So he just Aaron just tells them, just don't tell anyone that I did this to you. So they they surgically implant Stem onto Gray's spine, and Stem's job is to basically just bridge the gap between Gray's brainstem and the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to Gray, it can also speak to him. <laughs> Like, originally, it's just like, we're going to put this thing in you and you can walk. He's like, great, awesome, great. Mm-hmm. I still, my wife is still dead. I want to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do now. Yeah. I mean, being able to walk gives him purpose now. It's like, yeah, you know, I just still want to find these guys that did this to my wife. And Stem, seizing an opportunity, makes himself known when Gray's trying to figure it out. And proves his usefulness immediately when yeah. he's like... Okay, so I've looked at the drone footage. I've enhanced it. I see that there's a tattoo on this guy's in this on this guy's wrist. Um, I can draw it for you, and boom! Now we know like exactly where this guy is, yeah, and what his name is, and, and yeah, it, it's because it's like um, they recognize him as a military, mm-hmm. so it's almost like a tattoo version of dog tags, but it's almost like a QR code. Yeah, um, which is fucked up. I don't like it. I don't like that. Yeah, and that, I, that think, I think that's kind of cool, because there's this undercurrent, like, with Fisk and his guys, of soldiers being seen as disposable. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's more disposable than having a barcode on you? Yeah. Like, you aren't even a person, and it's just, we just can recognize them, just a piece of them, we can be like, yeah, they're dead, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Which is why Fisk is one of those people that's like, well, now we're worth something, because we could do stuff that people can't do. Yeah. Um... So when Gray goes to investigate this guy, you know, he's clearly has to pretend he's in a wheelchair when he's in public because mm-hmm. no one can know he's, he, he can, can walk. walk. You know, so again, all Gray knows at this point is I have this thing that can help me walk. I guess it can speak to me now, I suppose. Um, and it's kind of me, giving me advice. You know, he goes to this guy's house. He's like, you know, make sure you take your shoes off. Make sure you don't touch anything. He shows him, like, he accesses his messages, and he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's more people involved in this. Then that guy comes home, and Gray hides. Not very well. And Gray gets found and gets the shit kicked out of him. And then Stem says, well, I can help, but I need your permission to operate independently. And then Gray gives him permission, and then Stem annihilates this guy. (laughs) Well, because, yeah, he has this 
precision that only a computer yeah, could it's get. It's very cool. Like the way that this fight is I mean, first of all, he like when he gets up, he kind of just rises up like a fucking like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about when the show started was how they filmed all those cool like perspective shots are they put a camera on Logan Marshall Green's body and they calibrated their cameras to just follow it. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's in focus and everything else isn't, and it moves with every move that he makes. Yeah, which is very cool. It's almost like first person, like a video game, because mm-hmm. you are watching someone that is not in control of their body. Which is the best part of the fight for me is that from the neck up, he's still gray. Yeah. So when Stem is fighting, Stem moves his head out of the way because Stem isn't in control of his head. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "You need, I'll do this. Like, I'll just make sure you don't get hit in the face." But the whole time, Gray is like, "What the fuck?" Well, yeah, I love that as Stem is like breaking plates. I'm okay, sorry. He just I'm goes, sorry. Oh god. <laughs> well, and then he whips a knife out and he's like, "Stem, he's got a knife." And then like within two seconds, Stem's like, "Well, now we have a knife." <laughs> yeah. And just stabs him a couple times, and he's like. Oh, he's getting away, like, we gotta finish this. And he's like, okay, Stem, finish it. And then Stem puts the knife, like a big-ass butcher's knife, blade first into this guy's mouth, like, horizontally, mm-hmm. grabs the other side, and, and then makes the man a Muppet. <laughs> I, hate I want you to visualize, listeners, what that means. I hate how accurate that metaphor is. He made him is. into Pac-Man with a knife. I don't like I don't like that image because it's burned. In yeah, my head because after, in real life it's fucking it. horrifying to see. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah that that is what burned that in my brain. But that's when I was like, oh, this movie's radar for a fucking reason. That was yeah. pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So again, and then I don't want to do the whole doing our normal breakdown of the plot of the movie would be revealing a a lot of the. Secrets. I don't want to talk a lot about yeah. it. I just wanted to get the lead up of what the A to B to C of him getting Stem and killing that man is mm-hmm. like. Just to give you a vibe of how this movie's going to go. Yeah. So for the most part, it is a very much like a mystery. He's trying to figure all this shit out. You know, he's bonding in a bit with Stem. He's getting more overconfident. Like when he fights those guys in the bar. And he immediately... <laughs> he Stem's like, you need to turn your shit down, buddy. Like, yeah. You're being a little overconfident. <laughs> Um, and then we, then they start talking, then they start showing Fisk on the trail, this guy who's killing his team. Mm-hmm. And in my other favorite scene of the movie were Fisk, so he's the leader of these guys that are enhanced, who are, it was the gang of guys that killed Gray's wife and crippled him. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a group of former military veterans that have been upgraded semi-illegally with Cobalt yeah. Technology, the company that has supplied, you know, armaments to soldiers. Yeah. But they've, like... You know, it's a big no-no to, like, enhance someone to the degree of, like, putting firearms in their arms. Yeah. Because most of them, I think all of them actually, have guns mm-hmm. implanted into their forearms. So they have a hole in their palm, and then, and they're, like, about halfway up their forearm, they've got a, like... Loading mechanism. Yeah, where they could put bullets into, and then they just, like, cock their arm, and then they could just hold, like, Iron Man, put their arm out, and then shoot somebody... It's pretty awesome to like l- like watch. Yeah, especially that dude when he's chasing Gray and he's just like got an automatic setting on his mm-hmm. arm. Um, 
but Fisk has a bunch. He's got weird, like, bionic eyes. He can see through walls and, like, see in thermal and shit. Mm -hmm. He's also got an interesting nanobot attack where he can just sneeze at somebody. And thousands or tens of thousands of tiny, tiny little robots with knives on them go into someone's nasal canal and just liquefy their brain. God. It's fucked, but it's yeah. so awesome, man. It's like, so it's, cool. It's such an effective way to just be like, get out of my way. Well, and I've never seen robots kill someone like that. Like, yeah. I, like it's interesting to see cyborgs kill people that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm thinking again about Mortal Kombat, but the 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 RoboCop in that yeah. has just like a, a blade that comes out of his hand. Mm-hmm. They didn't have blades in that. Like, I've seen swords come out of people's arms before. I've never seen guns in people yeah. and the ability to sneeze out nanobots. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. so cool. And again, the fighting style is very, like, you know, robotic. Mm-hmm. So when Fisk and Grey are fighting, it's Grey, is Stem telling him, like, well, um, mathematically, I can't beat him. Yeah. So we're just going to keep, he's going to keep blocking the shit that I'm doing to him. Like, I can't hit him. So... Fighting someone with those same augments is kind of interesting. Yeah. Especially when you take it to a level of, you know, at that point, Stem has more control over Grey. And has that, like, shitty scene where he's like, like, Grey is still trying to tell him that he's in control. And then he's like, oh, yeah? And then just lets go of all control of Grey's body. Mm -hmm. And Grey's like, well, I can't move. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is me not doing anything. Because I fucking make you able to walk, you deaf idiot like i am here you can't walk without me like i'm not just this thing Mm -hmm. you can tell what to do it's very venom where it's this it's two beings fighting over the right to control one body yeah um so i mean how terrifying is that to be hijacked out of your own body ah yeah yeah that would fuck with me straight up do you have anything else in the middle of the movie that really stuck out to you I mean, not, not I don't without mention, giving away yeah, I don't want to mention a whole life. Because, yeah, th- I think it's I think this movie is really good. And I think it's really important that if you're going to watch this, go into it without knowing yeah, like, most about the latter half of this movie. Like, I feel like I'm almost, like, underselling it. Where, like, it seems very simple, mm-hmm. but that makes it good. Well, yeah. And it's, you it's get so to, much out of it. It's not trying to do any bullshit. Yeah, it's man. not trying to overcomplicate what should be a fairly simple and yeah. well-executed story. never ever hit you with, like, exposition scenes or any bullshit like that. You learn as you go. The world is deliberately not that complicated, so they don't mm. have to do that shit. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it's, it keeps you along for the ride. It's, o- it's only, like, an hour yeah. 40, hour it's 45. It's like hour 45. But you are invested in it from minute one until the end. And everyone in it, I don't see this a lot with horror movies or sci-fi, much less, but Mm -hmm. every single character feels like a real person. Yeah. I mean, we don't spend a lot of time with Fisk and his team, but they have definite morals and ideas and motivations, and you kind of see them a little bit. And that's all you really need to know, is that you can tell underneath that there is depth and that these characters had a lot of time to think about, like, these actors more, like, had a lot of time to think about their their characters mm-hmm. and, like, who they are in the society, and that carries over. I mean, yeah. even Gray's mother, who's just like, I'm trying to help you, but I don't know how. And in those quiet moments with Gray and his mom, those feel real. Yeah. And we just saw Gray vivisect a guy. 
And this scene feels real. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I mean, it, horror has a hard time somehow of making characters matter. Yeah. It's not hard to make them matter. You just have to write them real. Not everything has to be a fucking joke, Blumhouse. You guys made this movie. It doesn't have to just appeal to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Freaky was good, but did it have to be that, like, hacky all the time? It didn't have to. It's good, but it doesn't have to be funny, okay? It can just be, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to be positive, but it's just like, it really really sticks out when I see a movie that just, it's just telling a story. Mm -hmm. And you you really pick up something off of that. And I think that's what the most important thing in this movie is. Also, if you like Venom or The Crow, you'll like this, because again, it's very much like a, Pseudo buddy cop movie, <laughs> like a darkly <laughs> a dark weird, buddy cop. Yeah. Um, the last thing I have that I just wanted to quick mention, I I should have said it when I talked about Lee Winnell before, but all of his movies have a um, a saw Easter egg in them. Mm-hmm. Like Insidious has the puppet on the blackboard, and it says eight under it because it was still when they were trying to make Saw Eight happen mm-hmm. uh, before Jigsaw. And Insidious, I said Insidious already. Invisible Man has um, a Billy like uh, spray painted on like a fence somewhere. Yeah. This movie has that same thing happen in a, in a wall. He gives a shout out to James Wan who directed, you know, Saw and, mm-hmm. and is a big. He even shows up. Lee Winnell showed up in uh, Aquaman for Did a second because really? James Wan directed Aquaman. Yeah. So, Lee Winnell is, like, a cargo pilot who's in, like, one scene. I love that. Because James Wan and Lee Winnell are buddies. And oh, they yeah. just are like, we like that we're both successful. Let's just shout out each other in our movies. And, I, I, I mean, that. you know, it might even happen with Spiral. Yeah. You know, when that happens. Because, again, Lee Winnell is involved with this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like, 90% sure he's involved in this movie. I don't know. He might be, like, help with, like, writing or whatever. Yeah. Um, But... I don't know. This movie just feels like it feels like a good movie that mm-hmm. happens to have some horror elements in it, and that almost made like again, like you said, they're not trying to make it like this horror movie. They're just trying yeah. to tell you know a thing. They're they're telling their story effectively, and it just happens to have mm-hmm. horror elements. Oh, so this is a bad time to say, but Lee Winnell was also uh, briefly in the Bye Bye Man as well. We're not talking about the Bye Bye Man on here. I I can't. I I truly couldn't talk about the. There's nothing I, I good. Can't be positive there's nothing about good it. about it. I I can't be positive about that movie. Like I can't even be positive about some of the actors they attracted for that movie because it just sucks. It's just bad, man. But Upgrade is so good. Upgrade rules. Think of Upgrade as the opposite of the Bye Bye Man. A lot of people I know, unfortunately, have seen the Bye Bye Man. Think of Upgrade as the opposite. It's a better story, and it's it's good. <laughs> and there's robots in it. And that's one. I mean, you get, like, your, like, you know, your taste of your sci-fi fix satiated. You get your horror fix satiated with interesting kills. And you get your Lee Winnell staple of good twists satiated. And you, with, with, and you, you get know, a good story staple with real characters yeah. that you care about and their interactions with each other. Yeah. And, again, I don't want to blatantly say endings, but... Being as vague as we can, I think that they built that ending up very well. Yeah. I think the last couple of minutes of the movie are some of the most artistically, like, 
visually interesting parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like that they give the, little clues through for it throughout. And they give clues to the contrary. Mm-hmm. So, like, what he does in that last bit, like, what Gray does, where his mind is at, mm-hmm. that could have been real. Yeah. This thing could still be just a different thing. Yeah. We're being as vague as possible, but the, the ending is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of they do that soft thing where they like show bits of the movie. And they're like, Oh fuck. Oh yeah. shit. Like, and then, you know, every, it's that kind of movie that when you rewatch, it's like a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. It's so cool that way. And I think movies that can do that. It's like so awesome. And if you can still enjoy them after you know that twist, that's, which that's I think the is, staple, which I think is a good, we talked about when we were watching saw the other day, mm-hmm. where that's a staple of a good, you know, a twist yeah. movie is if you rewatch it, and it only makes it better because that means you've done your homework and it's been an airtight, definitely, you know, done the whole time twist. Mm-hmm. That's what's good about it. Like, if you can have that twist, again, I'm not trying to name names, but if you can have that twist in your mind the entire time you watch a movie, have that twist be regularly reinforced back to you, not just in the last two minutes of a movie, mm-hmm. then you know. That twist definitely wasn't thought of in the last couple of minutes to make the movie <gasps> a shocker. So, again, we're not naming names, but this movie is not one of those, and it's good that it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. My brother what knows what I'm about. talking about, too. <laughs> so, I guess that leaves us with our good old standard follow us on the Instagram. Uh, yeah, well, shit. Damn it, it's you! I know! It's you! <laughs> At the underscore square horror podcast, um, I I feel like I haven't updated it in a while because we just haven't recorded in a bit, mm-hmm. but we are going to be recording a lot in the next couple of weeks to get episodes that can be released as we're figuring out how we're going to work the summer. Yes. Um, once we finish, well, it'll basically be throughout, through the rest of our um, action horror series. Uh, I think we'll have a, we'll probably have some kind of mini genre series in the middle, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna be hopefully jumping into Saw after the release of Spiral comes yes. out. Um, and man, I can't wait for that. It's gonna be Ho- great. I'll, I'll be able to like write out a good like essay. Like I'm doing this before I do the Purge too, where I write out an essay and I'll go, okay, here is how I can make all of my thoughts concise, not rambling, <laughs> and sound intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do that with these movies. <laughs> And I think Saw will, will be a, a probably a, most of the summer, like mm-hmm. half of the summer. Because what we were going to do with franchise breakdowns, now that we kind of have, we've got, we haven't gotten ahead of ourselves, like yeah. with Halloween, we're doing them individual, like movie by movie by movie by movie. So we're covering all of the movies in a franchise as long as that will take, which is kind of nice because we still pump out bonus content mm-hmm. and you know put that wherever we want because we know what we're doing yes. for the next. Eight weeks. Yeah. Could you fucking imagine? All summer is going to be Saw. I'm okay with that. This yeah, gonna be a man, fun it's going to be fucking great. I really hope that that really helps build our listener base because they will be as professional as professional can be. <laughs> Especially because, you know, Spiral will have come out, you know, movie theaters open to back up, summer is happening, mm-hmm. everyone will be vaccinated, uh, you know, 
and then what to celebrate more with than uh, Saw. Than Saw movies. The greatest horror franchise in my mind. I love Saw. Saw's my favorite <laughs> horror franchise. So, I, but I, again, I will be as unbiased. I'll be like, these are the good things about it. It's just going to take seven episodes to talk about everything amazing about it. And an eighth episode <laughs> because there's an eighth movie. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's six, eight movies. Yeah. Seven of the episodes will be great. Nine. Nine movies by then. Are we going to cover Spiral, like, high-key, like, fully? Probably not, but we're going to have an episode we'll just about it. We'll have a bonus it. episode, yeah. obviously, because we'll have seen it and be like, whoa. I yeah. really <laughs> hope that episode is just us going, ooh, damn. <laughs> wow. Why are you starting to use your Goro voice? Goro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our Mortal Kombat episode's gonna oh, be. Yeah. It's just gonna be like, man, remember when he whipped out his sword? Yeah. He, he cut that guy and he turned blood to ice? Oh, man. That's our, what all of our Mortal Kombat episodes are gonna be. You can look forward to that in two weeks. Yeah, man. Oh. That'll be I'm right hyped. in the middle of our super. Yeah. I, we, I said it on the last time, but we're about to get real goth. Real With Underworld. Deep. We got Underworld, we got Darkman, and, and we, we got, got the, the Crow. Crow. So from now until the end of May. You better be ready to fucking get your black eyeliner and your new metal on while and grab your duster even though it's 80 degrees outside, yeah. humid, because it's got to get super supernatural and super goth. <laughs> Goro. <laughs> Y'all stay spooky out there.